This is the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt, and with me is my co-host, Mr. Kyle Bird. Name. Yeah, there we go. Hey. Is that the intro you hoped, hoped for? Uh, no. no, but it's okay. It's the one you deserve. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so we have, we have two awesome uh, guests with us. We have Mr. Kevin Derendorf, or is it Derendorf? I can never remember. Uh, I'll go by either one. Okay, well, see, you know help. You gotta, like, tell me which one it is, but all right. So you can't Kevin, even pronounce people's, one? like, the names of people you know. Then we have Mr. Christopher Marty. Hello. Hi. Chris sounds really happy to be here. I'm ecstatic. He always sounds like that. Uh, yeah, Bird. So we're gonna talk about some uh, G-Fest stuff. But first, the Godzilla King of the Monsters trailer dropped. I can't do this voice anymore. Um, so Godzilla King of the Monsters, the trailer dropped and so what did you gentlemen think about it my answer is probably going to be predictable so <laughs> did it make you feel happy in its very special place uh yeah uh i mean i can it seems like the reactions have been mostly positive and there's not much i can add to it other than uh i'm excited i think uh the monsters look great the visuals are spectacular um and uh, from the interviews and stuff from uh, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, it sounds like they are pretty confident that, they, uh, that they, they hit it out of the park. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I like that they are focusing more on the monsters uh, being these majestic, godlike creatures, uh, even... With all those destruction scenes, you know, it's not the typical, you know, bram, you know, uh, <laughs> style trailer. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I like the cast a lot. Uh, I like the director, Michael Doherty, a lot. Um, I'm a fan of his work, and I think it'll be fun. Would any of us be, all of us would be lying if we were to say that we weren't going to go see it opening day. Even if it looked like shit, we'd be all like, yeah, but we're still going to go see it opening day. This is true. Godzilla trailer. I was just going to say that I was so freaking hyped and got like, I got all the, like the the goose bumpies and the tinklies and all that. It was just weird. It was me going back to being five years old for that two minutes of the trailer. And the movie could end up being terrible or it could be awesome. But all I know is that trailer made me happy. Well, it, it, if it's anything like anything else you've ever seen, you're just going to see it and come back and be like, it was good. Okay. I mean, 
here's well, the question, guys. I mean, if this trailer is anything like the trailer for the first one, we have no idea what we're getting. I think Skull Island kind of set the precedent for what these movies are going to be. I mean, it Dumb. sounds like they've... I, I, in my opinion, they've overcorrected from the criticisms of the last movie. So, I, I, I it's just going to be it's, it's going to be a big monster mash, you know, which is fine, but that's what it's going to be. Well, Doherty's already said like we know there's more than four monsters. We don't know who any additional monsters might be, and he even says like they're not going to hold back with the monster action. So, Bird's right. It's just going to be. If it ends up being just a beat 'em up action movie and has just enough substance, like. That, to me, is, is worth it. And it sounds like, you know, just the little vibe they put out through the trailer, again, as Bird talked about earlier, like the, revisiting the majesty of the monsters, that, that, to me, is a step above what we've had in, like, the two anime Godzilla films that have made me want to kill myself. I mean, it, it looks entertaining. I just, like, I don't know what to say about this stuff. It's just kind of surreal to see, like, this is what it looks like, guys. This is what happens when Hollywood takes a bunch of money, takes everything you love about all these movies in your childhood, and throws it at the screen. Let's see if it's any good this time. Uh, it's just like, we've kind of been misled with, you know, with the 2014 movie. We, we were sold one movie, given a different one. So it's like, we all got hyped to see something that we didn't get. And if they at least stick the landing and give us what they're advertising, which I think they're going to do based on the backlash... I can't see not being entertained. I, I just can't see that happening. And I didn't like Skull Island, but this at least looks not as dumb, so I'm excited. Well, I, I think that one can definitely make a good movie without necessarily being a fan, and maybe being a fan isn't necessarily uh, going to result in a good movie, but something really just warmed my heart about that bit where uh, Michael Doherty was being interviewed and the interviewers like, Oh, I love it when Monster Zero is shooting his lightning bolts and Doherty has that. Um, actually, it's uh, it's gravity beams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty awesome. Fight. <laughs> oh, Bird, you were saying, um, what is it? Uh, uh, what's this? the um, Ice Cube's son? Yeah, we'll um, say Jackson Jr. Yeah, he he was talking about Godzilla versus Gigan. Yeah, they asked him what his favorite one was, and he said Godzilla versus Gigan. And I mean, he talks about Gigan, and he talks about um, like how much bloodier that movie was. And it was like, oh wow, he's actually he's actually seen it. <laughs> so I just imagine uh, Ice Cube circa nineteen eighty eight in full <laughs> NWA attire. Showing a like a two year old Godzilla versus Gigan, with with a uh, with like a, a a baby bottle in one hand and an AK in the other hand. You think he watched that movie and was like, "It was a good day." Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what I think when I watch that movie. <laughs> so uh, votes are all positive for the trailer. Um, it looks good. They're real good, brother. A, a lot of people have been commenting on the music also, which. Uh, uh, somebody pointed out has previously been used in a Godzilla movie, which is also excellent. Yeah, you were telling which movie was it again? You were, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, uh, the scene where uh, Ichinose and Katsura are at the cafe, apparently, which I I didn't put together, even though I've watched that movie many times. Yeah. So. That, that's a piece from uh, one of Ifukube's favorite composers as well. Did you see? Yeah. Let's let's talk about G Fest though. We can we can talk about how much I sucked at G Fest and whatnot. But uh... <laughs> so uh, the convention was held 
the 13th through the 15th, and uh, our guests were um, Megumi Odaka, who you know as Miki from the Heisei movies, um, Keizo Morase, who is the suit builder, who uh, I think the first one that he got a lot of credit for was Varan in 58, uh, and the last one he did for Toho was Mothra 92, and currently is working on the puppet film Howl Beyond the Fog, um, with Daisuke Sato, who, uh, worked, um, on the Millennium Godzilla films, and they were both there. Uh, we also had Ken Satsuma, who you would know as Hedera, or Gigan, or Godzilla from 1984 through Destroya. Um, and, uh, they were, and, and of course, Don Fry, uh, from <laughs> Godzilla Final Wars. So, um... Uh, I don't think any of us did movies at the Pickwick, which I haven't done in a long time. <laughs> but I don't think any of us did. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in and say that the Pickwick Pickwick makes me sick. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, the name of you know, let's let's stir up some controversy. I'll just say that like every time I've gone there, it's been moldy and dusty, and like tiles are loose on the floor. And <laughs> it's an old building, that's for sure. I would have been. If they, we missed. I wanted to go see Mighty uh, Picking Man, but we missed that. And then I was, uh, Chris was like, "Let's go see uh, Mothra versus or Godzilla versus Mothra." But I'm like, I watched that six times the week before G Fest because my son loves Batra. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." I mean, it's not a 35 millimeter print; they're just gonna be using a Blu-ray, basically. So and it doesn't sound very appealing. Yeah, that uh, I I didn't get to see it, but it the um. Well, I'll just—I guess I'll go into one highlight that you guys missed out on um, because I just got lucky. Uh, I ended up actually getting dinner with with Satsuma and um, Tetsuya and Maki Takarada that night, and right before they, the pizza was delayed and didn't come out until almost ten o'clock. So basically, uh, Chris Olio had to had to rush around and bring uh, Satsuma the Takaradas. And I don't, I, Robert Scott Field, and I think he may have also had to get Megumi Odaka if she went. I don't know. But he had to basically rush around and get them to the theater in like 10 minutes, right before 1030. So I don't know if he actually made it on time or not. But <laughs> um, <clears throat> Yeah, uh, I got in Thursday, and um, we hung out, hung out a little bit. But the convention, of course, started on Friday. Um, so... Uh, uh, yeah, I'll talk about what we did. Well, uh, Chris and I, and Kevin, did you go to the first Marase pan? I've asked you that like a hundred times. I'm so sorry. I asked him that like eight times that weekend was if he went to that panel, but he had a panel at the same time. <laughs> I keep Pretty forgetting much. that. Uh, so, well, we'll start there. Kevin, you did the Kaiju Meet Samurai panel on Friday, which is also uploaded onto YouTube, which I did catch up on, and um, it was very good, as always. You always deliver, but uh, how do you think that that went? Uh, I, I think that that was the better of the, the two panels that I did that weekend. Uh, definitely, like, when so many people showed up, part of me was just sort of thinking, what are you people doing here? Why aren't you at Marase? <laughs> 
uh, that's that's the sort of the way that GFS always rolls is that there's always multiple things going on at any given time that are potentially interesting. And because uh, because the Marathi panel was in Dojo Studios, I had no idea it was going on at the same time, so I didn't you know attempt to move it or anything. But uh, uh, yeah, great crowd turned out, uh, and the seemed like things things went okay there uh no it was good that one uh for those interested it's all like period piece kaiju stuff which there's a lot more than you would think yeah so this is the third year in the row i've wound up with a with a noon friday panel i don't know how that keeps happening but uh, i'll i'll take it um now uh chris and i were at Marase's panel which um that's kind of the frustrating thing about some of these is, you know, we have these guests who've been doing this for so long and they only get a one hour panel. So the first like 20, 30 minutes was like one Oh one stuff. Um, but after that, once, uh, once, once they got into talking about his output from the sixties onward, it got more interesting. Um, like, uh, like he talked about, um, Gamera, when he would spin around and there would be the the jets coming out of his limbs, how they often had to like patch that up because the the prop would melt. Um, Chris started to fire on the set. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, at one point, it melted one of the wires and it crashed and lit up a whole like forest set or or something. Um, uh, a lot of P. Kingman talk. I, I, I guess he was the one at the end that falls off the building because the suit actor didn't have insurance. Um, <laughs> That's the best story. Yeah. And uh, allegedly, the P. Kingman suit is made out of human hair. I guess someone at the studio wore, uh, had really long hair that she used to so wear all the time. Someone's daughter. Right yeah. Now. It was like and, someone at the studio's daughter had very, very long hair. Yeah, and she cut off all her hair, and they chopped it up into little bits and made a gorilla out of it. Um, so Kyle, Kyle Leon is going to be posting all that audio eventually. Uh, yeah, he's probably going to have like all of them, practically, because he, he did so many of those uh, panels this year. So what you're saying is stop listening right now and go to that. <laughs> That what you're People saying. do that already. What do you need encouragement? <laughs> um, but yeah, he talked about his whole thing was um, making the when he get, came in, he his thing was trying to make the suits lighter, you know, as light as possible for the suit actors. Um, he talked a lot about the materials he used for Varan, like um, his spines are just cut up uh, hose, and his skin. Um, he used peanut shells to give it like the the weird scales. Um, but no, that was good. Uh, after that, Matt and I had our H Man panel, which um, we'll also post uh, at some point soon. Um, Matt, how do you think that went? The first ten minutes were a dumpster fire. Uh, so the that morning I got up. Well, first of all, I've been up since 4.30. I went to bed like at 4.30 the morning, in the morning, like putting some finishing touches on stuff and talking to people outside because I'm an idiot. And then we got up at, I think it was downstairs like 9, and we were making sure that our 
present PowerPoint presentation would work properly, which when we were testing it and bird was, I mean, we were both in the room, like it was fine. I was switching screens and no problems. The second our panel starts two minutes in the PowerPoint stops working. We salvaged it. And by we, I mean bird, because basically I was in the middle of talking, trying to switch a slide, the slides froze and then bird jumped in and basically saved the day and just started spouting off random facts and everything as I fixed the, the, the PowerPoint. So it ended up being fine. It did not start off fine. And I'm sure I was like sweating through my clothes and like, it was just one of those things where everything, I, I just wasn't expecting it to happen, but you know, we got through it and it was fine. And we had a cool like t-shirt giveaway. Um, we brought like 50 shirts with us. And at the end of the panel, we, um, anybody who had questions, we, we did a little Q and a, and then we also handed out, you know, most of the t-shirts that night. Um, but it was, it was really cool to like, to be able to talk to people after the panel and some people had some questions and do the t-shirt giveaway and everything. Bert, what were your thoughts on the, uh, panel shenanigans? Uh, I thought it went well. I mean, I attended at least two other panels that had way worse technological, technical difficulties than, than ours. So, I mean, it was fine. I think the turnout was uh, was pretty good, and um, I don't know. I, I felt like it went pretty smooth. I'm glad we have decent audio of it to put up, unlike last year. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Which also, for, no thanks to you guys. <laughs> yeah, except when we we forgot to press record at the beginning. <laughs> Which I specified, guys. You have one thing you have to do. I've mic'd you both up with lav mics. I've set the recorder on the table. The light is blinking red. All you have to do is press the blinking red button once. And what does Matt do? Nothing. Starts talking. Yeah, <laughs> starts talking. <laughs> um, it was much like the intro to our episode today, which is me being an idiot, is, as usual. That's you every day. Um, I know, right? Um, it really wasn't as bad as you were making it out to be. No, it was fine. That's what I... Well, yeah, all I can I tell saying. you is I was like sweating through my clothes, and I felt like I just got out of the shower by the end of it. No, he like even before we started, he Matt seemed like way more nervous than me, which is like that's backwards. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bert, Bert has this thing where like he hates human beings, but like he's very good at talking and dealing with them, and he's way better than he gives himself credit for. And but you're I think worse. Internally, you scream instead of like for me. I, I wear everything on my sleeve, and I can't like I can't, I have no poker face. I can't hide how I feel. Bird's like feels nothing because he's dead inside. So, you, so he always looks fine. Um, and the good news is that you recorded the audio, not the video, so they can't see, they can't hear your sweat, yeah. and they can't hear the audio difficulties if you cut that part out. Well, it, true, we have faces for radio. <laughs> um, uh, then, yeah, that was pretty much it. I, I went to the Ed and Steve's Destroy All Monsters panel, which was pretty good. Um, a lot of it is stuff that, if you're lucky enough to have their commentary from the the original pressing of the Blu-ray, then it, it might not have been that new to you. But what was really cool is they had a lot of storyboards and stuff that uh, um, at least I hadn't seen before. Uh, and they also address stuff like the, um, the Baragon Gorosaurus flub, uh, which basically boiled down to, it sounds like they're, no one really knows why, because, uh, in the script it says Baragon, but all the production art and everything was always Gorosaurus, so it sounds like maybe the special effects team and the screenwriters, maybe there's some kind of miscommunication or something, but... 
Um, yeah, it, it sounds like the stories of the Baragon suit being just too beat up or whatever is assumption that's turned into lore. That's kind of how I... Chris, I think, uh, is the only other person here. Kevin, were you at the Destroy All Monsters panel? Uh, no, I didn't make it okay. to that one. Chris, do I, does, does that sound about right to you? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. they showed the storyboards and it said Gorosaurus. Yeah, so someone just messed up there. Um, or it could have just been the they were going from the script, in which case they recorded the audio for the, or recorded this the I don't we don't know what the shooting schedule was, so it could have been that they filmed the human stuff at the same time as the the, the tokusatsu, the special effects stuff. <laughs> so it could yeah. have been as simple as they were just going off of different things, and someone didn't talk to someone else. Yeah, it I mean, sounds like there was a uh, shock fast. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. But yeah, that I mean that was Friday and then we we hung out um uh everyone a lot of people hang out on the patio so you know we we hung out for a bit. I ended up going to bed. Matt stayed up until like I was 4 a.m. and I was very drunk and I had to be helped up to my room. It was very bad. It was a bad Saturday morning for Matt. <laughs> uh there is a there's an awesome panel by uh, Andrew Battaglia on um, Golden Bat. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't it, like. That's another thing is like sometimes there's like a panel like between two other panels and you want to go, but it was just like I just skipped that one because it was like when am I gonna just get to like sit down like have lunch or something? So how how was that? Uh, I was I was really impressed by that one because it was just a. a big info dump and i was sort of going in with my you know smug like hey, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask him about like the hyungrae shim movie and then like it, he, he was already prepared and like oh okay i'm i'm impressed did, uh <laughs> i i know chris saw it. did anyone else see the guy uh the guy's um golden bat cosplay yeah that guy showed up at the panel obviously so that was uh, pretty good i was impressed yeah um saturday uh well i know kevin and i did the 9 a.m yokai panel uh which was i guess supposed to be all about shigeru mizuki but her now matt see this is when i say don't feel sorry for yourself because her powerpoint just didn't work at all (laughs) (laughs) through the whole thing so she just kind of had to wing it uh and all things considered i think she she did okay um i always try to go to, to her panels um but yeah for it was 9 a.m and nothing was working so i felt pretty bad about that apparently neither was matt or myself so 9 a.m on saturday not yeah we weren't we were i was not functional at 9 a.m because uh the night before i was walking into the walls and i was like hey man i had to ask my buddy Dell to like please help me upstairs because i can't make it there on my own it was uh it was, um, it was a sad sight well, I'm not going to go through every panel for Saturday and Sunday just because there's so much more that was going on. But I did uh, I my Tokyo SOS panel at like 2 p.m. And it was uh, so it was supposed to be four, four of us. One of the four didn't show up. And my understanding was he didn't show up for any of his panels. So I don't think he was at G-Fest. And then it was uh, me, Archie, and uh, Ira Treborn. And unfortunately, we weren't able to connect prior to G-Fest. So, like, I put together this PowerPoint with all these behind-the-scenes pictures, and I probably had, like, 70 70 slides. And 
you know, if, if we had been able to connect, I would have had a little bit more structure and, and kind of laid it out the way that we were going to talk about stuff. But it ended up being a kind of a free-form conversation, so I had to go back and forth on the slides, which was kind of a pain. But I felt overall, like... It turned out well. It turned out okay. We got. To, I got the information about some of the production and different things. I did forget Hamtar, which I'm mad at myself, Kevin, because I, I meant to include that and totally spaced it. Um, we had about 20 minutes of Q and A, and then um, I mean it went fine. I would have preferred it to have a bit more structure, like I said. But when you have one guy not show up, and then um, you know it's just it was hard for all of us to really connect and kind of plan out what we wanted to do specifically. So overall, I thought it it, it was fine. That's always trepidatious when you're doing a panel and it's, you know, one of those, you, you join up on somebody else's and then sometimes you'll be able to talk to the people beforehand and sometimes it's like you meet them for the first time at the panel. Well, we, we you know, the thing was we actually tried to, like, get in contact. Like, they're not on Facebook and you had, like, the email thing, but then, like, it's not it's not always conducive to like a back and forth conversation in real time where you can say, Hey, are you guys cool with ABC? And so I just, I, I did the best that I could. And I, you know, I have a ton of, of, uh, behind the scenes books. And so we had a, a lot of pictures to go through, which is pretty fun. Um, well, I think the main points of interest were, uh, Satsuma and Odaka had their panels back to back. Um, I think all of us except for Matt went to those, right? Is this correct? Yeah, I was I was slinging the merchandise in the dealer's room. Why didn't you just ask like, "Hey, there's a panel I want to go to. Can I like go?" No, I mean they would have been fine with it, but the, the thing that's about that's not what I asked. That's well, why I didn't. Get there. <laughs> I mean, because my because a lot of the stuff that I had like my room and my my meals were basically taken care of, like. I wanted to make sure that I was there and because of my Friday night shenanigans, I kind of got there a little bit later than I wanted to Saturday morning and I already felt bad about that. So I basically picked my battle and made sure that I was at the, um, was available Sunday for the, for nationalism. Was that Saturday or Sunday? That was Sunday. So I was there for, for Sunday. And then like, we just got busy, man. The, The dealer's room is always insane. Like, there were times when you just, it felt like you really couldn't even leave the booth to walk. And, and I felt like there was no good time for me to be like, hey, dude, I got to peace out. And because the other problem was, there were four of us at the at the table at any one time. And sometimes those people weren't always there. So, like, if somebody else left, I had to kind of stay and fill in, which is fine. I mean, that's what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, the Odaka panel, I, I, I thought was really good. Uh, Satsuma's panel was strange uh because like by the time he was they were done he he just gotten to getting cast as hetera so um i don't know i think that they some of these more prolific guests i definitely think they need to go back to doing two-hour sessions uh like it's kind of what happened with higuchi last year is he got 45 minutes and i mean he, I don't. We we didn't get very far he into. Barely got into Shin Godzilla at yeah. all. Like he just got to like got through Godzilla in 1984. Yeah, um, but I mean it was fun just because Satsuma is such a character. You know, uh, he talked a lot about you know working in what was it like a steel mill? Steel plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked in a steel plant. Uh, he's like living in housing provided by the company. Um, yeah, uh, this is just notes that I was trying to recall. Like, because he was he was going at like rapid fire. The guy was just 
uh, caffeine wrapped in skin. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he was like, he, he auditioned for an acting gig, but didn't know he was going to get cast as hetero. He thought it was just like a regular acting gig. Um, and every step of the way, he was just kind of like blundering his way through everything. And every time he was like, all right, how is, how am I doing? Perfect. Uh, that was kind of the gist that I got from most of it. Um, yeah, he mentioned being on the set of some, uh, pink films as well yes <laughs> um and then did he, uh, did he get into the uh, to the appendix story at all or no and see if they open it up to fan q a that's something that i would have liked to ask because yeah that's kind of like the the story that's floating around is that you know he had to have his appendix removed in the hetero suit uh, because it took so long to get off, but I, do, does Kevin, do you, you might know, do you know where that originated? I vaguely, uh, remember it being as part of a panel. Okay. Sort, Cause I but... feel like every time I run across something like, uh, on one of the wikis or something, it's always one of the ones that says citation needed. <laughs> and I'm just like, did this happen or not? You know, um, but so I don't know. I guess it is to this. It's it's going to remain a mystery. Um, well, I, I think we need to just uh, you know get better about having all of the all of these major panels uploaded online somewhere for future reference. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 do our we do our best, and um, you know, God bless Kyle Yount. He, he was really trying to 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 move that that panel forward, but I think he was kind of. Uh, not expecting Satsuma to be well, Satsuma. But it was like he asked, "So how did you get your career started?" And an hour later, he got to ask a second question. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, he's, a, he's a ball of energy for sure. Yeah. Oh, Daka's panel was cool. I mean, that one's a little bit more what you expect is just that kind of career-spanning thing. Um, I didn't realize she. Uh, got uh, a Japanese Academy Award for Princess from the Moon when she was, like, 15 or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, since she stopped acting, she said she basically has just liked to do a lot of different things. At one point, she was working in a fast food restaurant. Uh, and, I mean, it's stuff she wanted to do. Like, I've never done this, so I'll do that. Um, and right now, I think she's a caretaker or something. But, uh um, but yeah, that, that was good. I, uh, I went to a little bit of Gene Rizzardi's panel. He's a Hollywood model maker that was, uh, that was there. He worked on the 98 Godzilla, but also like Star Trek and Army of Darkness and all these other things. Um, and from what I saw, that was cool. Um, that's kind of the, the kind of guest that, uh, is always kind of a pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, and then uh, I think uh, for me the highlight panel-wise was again Marase. Um, he did his Howl Beyond the Fog panel with Daisuke Sato, and um, yeah, that was a lot of fun because they showed us. I think it's. I think it just got uploaded, but they showed us the the first finished footage uh, from the movie. Uh, Marase came out wearing a mighty Peking Man suit. Um, and I think the, the, the mask and gloves were replicas made by Wakasa that were in his room. He had like a whole room of prop replicas that he'd made. Um, the Mighty Peking Man one, though, was made by uh, Wakasa. But 
Um, but yeah, and then he after right immediately after that, he just went back to being like stoic, elderly Japanese man. But I don't know. That was a bizarre. A bizarre experience, but it was lovely. You, you, you don't expect your know, 82-year-old guest to come out in a, in a <laughs> gorilla suit and be jumping around and yelling at the audience and poking at them. It was amazing. I'm sad I missed it, but I did. Bird showed me the video on his phone, and like it looked amazing. Well, they, they did the whole, you know, they introduce everyone on stage, but then where's Marase? And then he just appears in the peaking man suit acting crazy like a man ha- not even half his age <laughs> like jumping around making noises and then runs back behind a uh this like blocked off thing gets changed and walks casually on the stage <laughs> um what did you think of the the footage they showed oh i mean it looked cool i'm excited i mean that it wasn't a whole lot other than just kind of a few shots to give you the idea of what the suit looked like and um the fact that it was being done, the, there were no human actors. It was done with a puppet, which was part of the confusion. I know for myself included was like, what is this short? But at least it's kind of like, oh, I see. Instead of human, it's kind of, the way that um, that Sato described it was that it's kind of like the idea of having a CGI film, but instead everything is practical. Just like, oh, that kind of makes sense. So you have, you know, the miniature miniature puppets i guess maybe they have different scale puppets for the humans and then the uh the kaiju suit of um uh he said it wasn't nebula it was neb nebuda yeah well i guess the americanization would be nebula but but no that was cool it's a it's a big animatronic head um that they also had on display um yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it it's cool just to see original stuff. I mean, yeah. we're all excited about, you know, the King of the Monsters, and you know, we have our own opinions on the anime, but it's like, you know, Godzilla is one thing. This stuff has to somehow keep going. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's cool seeing Murase involved. It's like, this guy is one of the last OGs. And he's still working. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uncommon. Um, and then, uh, Kevin, I did go to your giant robot, uh, panel, which was live action giant robot movies, which was, uh, really good. As always, I now have like a list of crap to track down and watch, but, um, but yeah, no, that was good stuff. How much, like how, how much research do you do to, before you even do these things? Oh, that one, like that, that was like no research. Yeah. <laughs> That was crazy, man. That 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 was my uh, uh, that 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 was one I I I slapped it together last minute because I was I was I spent so much time on sort of uh, doing stuff for the for the book right before that. So uh, I was like, oh yeah, I need to put together this panel. So it was really just a lot of like, okay, so this is a movie and this is a movie. I mean, there's stuff in there. Like you always find the stuff that I've never heard of, like. What's the Mamoru Oshii did a, a, a fake documentary about what was a real life Tetsujin stage play, but it's also a homage to Fellini's Eight and a Half. Yes, yeah, that, that's exactly. <laughs> also, you mentioned one of my favorite things that I came across on Amazon Prime ever. That 
the German dub of the Thai recut of Super Robot Mock Baron, which yeah. is I discovering that brought me so much joy and seeing another human being on the planet go, <laughs> here guys, check this thing out. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> that, that's not even the only uh, example I can think of because there's also, um, uh, I, I don't remember what the, the, original title is, but it goes by Krieg der Infras because they were in Germany, they were trying to sell it as a, as a sequel to Inframan, but it was, uh, one of the, one of the Taiwanese edits of Kamen Rider. Speaking of your book, man, that, that thing is going to ruin my life in the best way. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> I only have Kevin, so many Kevin, hours. Kevin, tell us about your book. We should mention, we should have mentioned this at the beginning during the introduction, but yes, Kevin has a book out. Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll allot him uh, a, a moment here, uh, but yeah, no, I I think I know exactly what Chris means, and I'm in the same boat. Uh, yeah, so I, I just put together a book, uh, Kaiju for Hipsters: 101 Alternative Giant Monster Movies. So it's a collection of of little essays of varying format about. Uh, non-Godzilla, non-Gamera related uh, kaiju and arguably kaiju stuff. So yeah. that's basically what it's all about. We will devote a whole episode to that book, but uh, it's out. There's a lot of crazy stuff in there that you should probably watch. Uh, and it's on Amazon for only $20. It can be yours. Any opportunity to like discover an insane... It impossible to watch list of more things that expand on this subgenre. Well, like, I told you guys I watched Twilight of the Cockroaches last night and it like wrecked me. <laughs> that's a rough going one. That. I added that to my list immediately after Bird made his comment about that in our little Facebook Messenger thread. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's uh, that that's that movie is something else. Um, yeah, don't don't watch it with your kids. Oh no, <laughs> no, you you shouldn't do that. But yeah, uh, so as far as panels go, that was that was pretty much it for Saturday. Did anyone do anything else cool? I I missed the Nakajima remembrance. Uh, I missed the Varan. I missed a whole bunch of stuff. But you know, sacrifices needed to be made. I spent an awkward amount of time in uh, in Marase's room downstairs. Oh, so did I. I went in there. I went in there at least three or four times. Uh, so, uh, sort of a comedy of errors was that uh, he had his book down there and he was selling it autographed, but I didn't know that in advance. So I specifically bought a copy of his book to bring to have him sign it because I didn't know he would have any, and he wound up selling it there for cheaper. But then I had to go buy a ticket to have him sign it, <laughs> and then he wouldn't he wouldn't sign it down there where they were normally signing things like he was signing copies that he was selling, but not copies that anyone else brought to him. So I had to go during the Satsuma panel to get the book signed by him in a different location. <laughs> yeah. I picked up his book uh, when it first came out and that's actually one of the things I had him sign. Yeah. I bought it a couple years ago. Um, uh, so Sunday, um, I think I'm the only person here that actually went to this, but at 10 a.m., Stan Hyde did his, I think he's been doing them every year for a couple years, his Sonorama panel. For those who don't know, Sonoramas are little LP records 
that would come with a story, either a retelling of a movie or a brand new story just made for that. Um, and uh, it, they would always have awesome cover art, which I guarantee you almost anyone listening to this probably has seen. They just don't know what it's from. And a lot of the times you'd get crazy stuff, like you'd have Godzilla and the Gargantuas and Dogara and Mogera, like all in one image. Or one of my favorites is King Kong fighting King Ghidorah. And these were actual storybooks that had a record to, to play along. And um, I don't know. He, he always comes back every year with like a crap ton of that. And then every year we he, they do a read through of one of them. Uh, this year they did a read through of the Destroy All Monsters one, which was a lot of fun. And I, of course, jotted down names of like six Japanese artists I want to look up. Um, yeah, and then uh, the only real other real highlight from uh, Sunday is uh, the Japanese nationalism and Godzilla panel that Chris did with uh, Ed G and Steve Rifle, the authors of the uh, Shiro Honda bio, um, which I think, again, Matt, they, they had more technical issues than we did. I think they had about 10 minutes at the beginning that ate up their their panel time. But all things considered, I think they... I think you, Chris. I think you guys did an awesome job. There were there were a couple little things here and there that that didn't get so much mention. But I mean, with the time you guys had, you worked miracles. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that that caused you to not have time for Q and As. Well, I mean, the the issues we got to the um, got to start setting up, and the HDMI cable plugged into the um, projector. Someone had broken. So we had to wait for a tech guy to show up and explain like six times the HDMI cable is broke and do you have another one? So that was a little, <laughs> little, little frustrating. There was some we just made. I think Steve just made dumb jokes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. That's. I mean, I was telling Ed. I was like, you think this was done by Shin Godzilla fans? <laughs> what happened was I got there and the I think. Um, I said offhandedly, like, yeah, some guy named Don Fry broke this, and then suddenly it started getting repeated over and over in the audience. Like, yeah, Don Fry broke their HDMI cable. That, like, the, 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 Don Fry was wild. The way he was... That, that, that wouldn't have been yeah. out of character. <laughs> yeah. Well, we but, should de- we'll devote a whole section to talking about his hijinks, I think, yeah, at yeah. the end but of But no, the, the, I think you guys did good, and we'll have that up as, as a live episode so Jeez. people can... Uh, People can check it out if they if they want. Um, I think it's yeah. a topic that's important to talk about because it just like, you know, it's a thing and it's very real. Whether you want to agree that oh I see it or I don't see it, it's a thing that's in a lot of media. And that's like well, it's well, like yeah, us well, recognizing about how much of well well I think like think of how much American media it it, it permeates. You know, I mean, it's the same over there. Yeah, and it's just trying to. I think what what Steve said was we're trying to take a university lecture that would be like two to three hours and condense it to one hour for fans of Godzilla movies only. So we just (laughs) really had to like condense and condense and condense and try to just keep it as as digestible as possible for the 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 place and the format. Yeah, the only thing uh, that I think you really forgot and you probably just did forget was those uh, recruitment posters from when Shin Godzilla came out. Oh, I totally forgot. And Matt even texted me to like remind me yeah, of that. I texted him when, during the panel. I was like, pick up your phone, look at your phone. And then <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> I blew it. I was on the worst. 
Did anyone do J Japan's Green Monsters? Because that was a book that I was thinking about checking out, and I missed their panel. So I I went to that one. Um, I didn't stay for the whole time just because um, it seemed a lot like sort of, and I, I don't want to be disparaging, but it seemed like a sort of very introductory level sort mm -hmm. of, of presentation. So yeah. Uh, well, they, they, they're they probably also doing that because they want, you know, they want people to get the book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, no, uh, that's, that's fair. On expert mode. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's it's like, you know, I've, I think all of us would, would not be surprised by the, the the allegory that's existing in you know, Mothra or uh, Godzilla versus yeah. Hedera or... Gamera, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Gamera versus Zegra was another one that he brought up, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I've heard very good things about the book, so okay. I, I haven't read it myself. But I've, it's been on my intending to pick up list for a while. All right. No. They, yeah. They, no. That sounded interesting. Um, okay. So, was anyone here at the Don Fry panel? I saw it on YouTube afterwards. Okay. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> Well, Matt, you, you you've been uh, you know you you've been letting the three of us run with it for a while. What <laughs> there's some Don it's, there's some non-public Don Fry antics that we don't really have to get into, but uh, we should mention this is his third convention, and I have never seen this man like this before. Uh, I think well I. His panel got very strange very fast, from what I understand, in that uh, it, it kind of morphed into like a weird pro-Trump thing, and he and he was like saying he if he could fight anyone it would be Hillary and uh, all this all this and that and um I, I from what i understand at one point he joked about uh or i don't joked maybe i don't know but he was talking about how he misses when like you could like hit women if they like uh <laughs> if they like act up or something kevin can you confirm or deny any of this like these are all things that are true <laughs> uh oh no yeah no. i mean to some extent there's there's a, a bit of a I think he was reading the room to a little bit uh, of an extent because, you know, somebody came up and, and would, you know, he, he was, he, he was playing against people. So he's, somebody would come up and be like, Hey, can you say that line from the movie? And he'd just say, no. And uh, somebody came up and said, Hey, did you get into any trouble for, for hitting the zillion woman in final wars? And he's like, Oh, the Japanese, they, they have such a good sense of humor about it. You know, I like the days when you could just smack a woman around or whatever. It's like, <laughs> so that's sort of, I, I think he was, I think he was deliberately being provocative with that. Yeah. that He was there. So I was smoking a cigar gone down what Saturday night, Friday night, one of those nights. And, I was going to smoke a cigar and everybody was at a table with Don Fry smoking. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go and join them. And they were telling stories like one guy, he was recounting a story from earlier that evening where like somebody had walked up to him and asked him for an autograph or picture or something. And he just told the guy that he, he basically said, fuck you. And, and just kind of gave him that like blank stare. And he was messing with the kid and the kid didn't realize and ended up being like, Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Fry. And then walked away. So like there definitely is a sense of, he's got this like, very 
big bravado sense of humor, and he, he is definitely playing to the room. I think that's very apt. Um, all I will say, and all I really want to say, is that the, the comments about the Trump stuff, there were some really awkward uh, conversation that happened at that table, and it made it, and it just it, it just got out of hand really quickly, and it seemed to be more uh, things about politics and it just it just was bad and you're in a public setting and you don't know who's close to you and all these tables are you know 10 to 15 feet away and the stuff that was said at that table would just was uh but you know it was one of those things where like the dude's got his head beat in you know like i I don't know how and birds you talked about this before where like he hasn't acted that way you know previously so who knows what the what the reasons were but I will tell you that I was pretty uncomfortable sitting at the table. And then when I heard about the stuff at the panel, I was kind of like, yeah, well, that kind of makes sense. Um, all right. So, well, let's go around the room. I think we all got stuff signed. Um, I guess I'll start. Um, cause you know, we, we talked about this, um, on our podcast with, uh, Chris Olio, Matt, you were talking about getting figures signed and I know you had a few, so, um, well, for me, I got, uh, Marase signed my Frankenstein Conquers the World, um, uh, U.S. lobby card. Uh, Megumi Odaka signed my, uh, um, I just got, like, one of the 8x10s, um, that you could pick, and it's her in the helicopter in Destroya. And then Satsuma, I brought, regular listeners will know that I have a, a little photo of me, Nak- Nakajima, and Satsuma from 96, which was um, the 96 convention, and I had Nakajima sign it, and then I had him sign it. So I have to get that thing framed. And that was my autograph haul. Um, what about the rest of you folks? So I had, um, I bought a, so I, I cleaned house at the M1 table, and I got a pretty cool looking Godzilla 89 um, and I got the Van Presto uh, 89 that they just put out which I had uh, Satsuma sign those I had a the M1 Golden Titanosaurus and it comes with like this wooden uh, base and I had Marase sign that plus his book and then um, I had the Heisei uh, Chronicle book which I brought with me and then I had uh, Megumi Odaka sign that as well as Satsuma so that was kind of my my autograph thing. And then I, I purchased way too many toys. So I bird was kind enough and also bought me a, um, Jamila figure, which is pretty awesome. Cause I was looking like the whole weekend for that and couldn't find one. And he, he out of the kindness of his soul, he, uh, he, he bought me. Yeah. Bought me. It's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. The kindness part. And, and the soul. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, Kevin, what'd you get signed? Uh, so I, I did, uh, run into, uh, to Satsuma and had, um, the uh, Godzilla Heisei uh, is it Perfection? Yeah, I think that's the the the, the book, the collection that's a, a sort of behind the scenes for the Heisei series. Uh, so I got that one signed uh, by uh, Satsuma, and then uh, as I was sort of like awkwardly meandering around Marasi's downstairs room, where like. All right, so in ten minutes we can meet upstairs, and you can sign this book here. <laughs> so I, 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 talk, I chatted with him a little bit, and um, uh, eventually also wound up getting some some of the cards that he was selling downstairs signed. Wait, cards? 
Yeah, he had a he had a series of of cards. They uh, were like um, they weren't like postcards really, but it. I, but for the sake of conversation, it's almost like if you've ever gone to a gift shop and seen like a postcard book, mm-hmm. and there's like cellophane wrap and you unwrap it and it's just a you know a series of cards. He had he had something like that and it was just like a bunch of his suits and stuff. Oh shit! Didn't see that. It was pretty cool. Was that set up when we first went there on Friday? Because I don't think it was. I didn't see his. I didn't see him have like a setup at that table until maybe Saturday. But like he had his book, he had the cards, he had um, like the monster profile books. Um, uh, Matt, you you might have to help me out here. But they're they're like little. Yeah, they're, um, they're very. They're they're what maybe like ten pages or something. They're like thirty, but like the he had the Veron book um, that so there's like a series of, of their I think they're called Toho special effects or something rather, and they focus on specific monsters or in this case like there's actually one coming out for Super X in the next release, and these are full page like single photos on one photo per page, huge pictures of behind the scenes stuff, and they're they're awesome books. Did they just have a, a dedicated Hideo Amamoto one recently also? Um, <laughs> my favorite kaiju. <laughs> Not, I know, like, they, they put out, like, one for uh, GMK, Varan, uh, the Godzilla 54, Gigan, Mechagodzilla 74. Like, it's very specific to, like, a suit. And, again, they the, the weirdest one for me is, like, they're actually releasing one for the Super X, so Super X 1, 2, and 3. Um but those those are all available like on Amazon Japan, and uh, there was a, there was a ton of them. Like I know Sean Lincoln Backstable had a bunch, and um, I saw the Veron book and stuff downstairs on the Marase table when I went down there. Cool. I was just curious because I totally missed that. Yeah. So uh, on top of that, I also got a um, an original drawing from uh, Hiroshi Kanitani, who had a table in the dealer's room. So he was uh, selling a couple of his. Um, he has an original kaiju comic, and then another one that's a tie into the whole uh, Gotoichi kaiju, the you know local prefectural kaiju things. So he was he was hawking a few of his wares there. And I uh, I forgot to have John Lemay sign a copy of his new book. <laughs> um. All right, Chris. What did you? Who'd you meet, and who signed what? Met you jerks, um, but other than that, I met. Uh, I I, I kind of had to pick and choose because I didn't have a whole lot of budget for this G Fest, so I ended up getting Satsuma and Murase to sign this um, the header card on this Godzilla mask that I bought in Tokyo years ago. That I've had pretty much everyone ever sign at this point. So I've got signatures from Nakajima from the first, from the other G Fest I went to almost ten years ago. Um, Takarada, Kenji Sahara. Hiroshi Koizumi, um, God, the list just keeps going on and on. I can't even keep track of it at this point. But yeah, I just had added two more signatures to this card that's running out of room. Um, but yeah, if, if I had a choice, I would have met all three of them and had them all sign it. But it was like, I have this many dollars. What do I do? <laughs> but I, I also blew a little bit of money in the dealer's room. Um, but that's all I got autographed. <laughs> So, what was everyone's haul like? Matt. Uh, I, 
many things. Uh, like I said, I, cl- I cleaned house at the M1 tables. I had the uh, Godzilla 89 M1 Titanosaurus. Um, I got a Oleo, like from Chris Oleo, I actually got a uh, M1. It's a it's a Bullmark reissue, but it's a, a Gomer, which is a pretty awesome figure. Um, I bought a ton of stuff for my kids, so I just Bandai stuff. So Bandai Batra, I got um, some very, Bandai Kiryu, Mothra, the Larva, uh, the Larva Batra as well. And then they had these. Uh, so at our table at Toy Matrix, um, which is who I was helping, uh, Gary Harmon and his wife Kathy who were awesome, by the way, um, they were selling all these plushies. And those things were flying off the table. Like, they had plushies for um, basically Kamatakun, and then they had the, the third-form Godzilla, and then they had anime Godzilla. Um, and then I actually bought my son Kamatakun, the, the big plushie. So what He calls it Creepy Godzilla. He calls it Creepy Godzilla, he does. Um, so he was very happy with all the stuff that I, I brought back. Um so I mean, I, I had you know it was, it was a I actually got the glowy uh, the glow in the dark M1 Gargantuas, which um, pretty awesome if you haven't seen those. So that was that was my haul. It was a lot of stuff, and I spent way too much money. But you know that's what happens when you go to G Fest. Uh, all right. Well, I mine wasn't that big. Um, so I got Kevin's book. Then I got. Um, I got some Godzilla chopsticks. Uh, I got um, the King Kong versus Godzilla Famous Monsters um, t-shirt. I got uh, Japanese Fantasy Film Journal number 13, I think. I I always get a lot of like old magazines and fanzines and stuff because you'd be surprised how much information is in some of this stuff that is still not been carried over to the web or whatever. Like this one has an in-depth article on the making of the, um, the effects for, uh, the three treasures. Um, it's like, no one's, no one's talking about that. So I got that. Um, geez, I, I really didn't get much. Like I brought, um, uh, my girlfriend and our kid and like, I got them things, you know, um, Julia, well, she's three and a half. She wanted a plush Godzilla, so I got her that. Then she wanted a a hard plastic Godzilla, and I got her that. And then she said, well, I want the baby, so then I got her the Final Wars Minya. And it's the 2014 Bandai that I got her. Um, Yeah, and then the rest was just, I don't know, I spent enough money on food and hotel costs, and we stayed another day and did a bunch of stuff in Chicago, so... I wasn't I wasn't going too crazy and since I don't do toys, you know, uh you know, I my haul was fairly light. Oh, I got that Nakajima photo book too. So uh Kevin, what'd you pick up? Uh I got a, a handful of, of things. Uh my my big thing uh running through the through the dealer's room was I, I snatched up just about every Uchu Sen issue that was was in there. Um just to go through and, and look for weird things that especially for the like issues from the eighties or nineties, like a lot of stuff just hasn't ever transitioned over to the internet. So uh I get excited about like, oh boy, here's some stuff on Garuda because I'm the only person that would care about that. Uh, I, I picked up a distributed by Toho special effects movies book. Um, 
the uh, the Tokusatsu exhibit that that Hideaki Anno put together, um, the M1 table, they were selling the uh, the guidebook for that. And is that I've the one meeting... that's like um, it's this like is a, what you have? It's like yeah, okay, yeah, I yeah, I have that one. That one's that book's great. Yeah, I've I've been meaning to pick it up for a while, but they had it hella cheap, so uh, it was it was a good excuse. And there was a kid out in the hall, um, you know, in the you know, sort of lobby area of the hotel that was just selling off his, uh, Ultraman collection. And I felt sort of bad for him, but he was also like, Hey, you want this? It's a dollar. And like, all right, well here, have, have $5 and <laughs> to, to, took a, a couple of them. Oh, and I got some yokai, uh, trading figures, but they all wound up being, uh, Saw the not same one. <laughs> yeah, not Parebo. So, uh, I I feel like maybe I deserve that for for buying four trading figures at the same time. Were they like the only ones that were even there? Like there was like a small stack, and you bought them all, and you got the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, all right, Chris. All right, so uh, I. As I mentioned, I didn't have a whole lot of budget, so so uh, Chris Oldio was kind enough to sell off some some Bondi that I picked up with the intention of selling, but they just let him sit there and collect dust. So with that budget, I was able to get the M1 Frankenstein and Baragon set, which I'm very happy about. Picked up a little tiny Miklos uh, mini vinyl figure thing, just like a $5, like, I want a thing, I'll get this. Um, I picked up Kevin's book, of course. Uh, from Keith Foster, who has this awesome music project, Big Pimp Jones. He also is the guy behind Kodoja. Uh, I picked up two of his cassettes, one called Mechagodzilla, which is like a, a bunch of hip-hop. And the, it's, he samples some of the soundtrack music from the original Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, and there's some dialogue clips in there. It's a, it's a fun little hip-hop thing. That's uh, The lyrics are all very science fiction-oriented. And another cassette I haven't gotten to listen to, that's Scheme Richards' ex-Kodoja, which is like, one side is a, a mix of Kodoja stuff by Scheme Richards, and the other side is like, another, a different mix of his music, and then a CD called uh, Valley of the Giants, which I haven't gotten to listen to yet, but I'm really excited, because I've been a fan of, like, a lot of his work. Uh, I think he has some cool ideas, and doing, like, Funk hip hop it's super influenced by giant monsters is just kind of cool because no one else is doing that. Uh, and I think that's all I got. I don't think I got too much this year. Most of most of my budget went into just getting there. Yeah. So Matt, as someone who was in the dealer's room all weekend, is it worth lining up six hours ahead of time in order to get in ten minutes before everyone else? It, it solely depends on what you want. Like, if you're going after stuff, if you're going after, like, new release Bandai, like, the Bandai stuff, like, it, those things are going to be at every table, and there's, there's enough of them. If you're going after the, like, Mike Johnson's table had um, exclusive Mormon fig- figures. They sold out of in the first day, and I think they sold out of them by, like, maybe 3 o'clock. So if those are what you want, Yes, and there there are some like more all the rare stuff, all the you know some of the more difficult to find pair babies from Marmot or any like vintage like all those really hot uh, highly sought after figures for 
like your your larger collectors, those things are going to be gone real quick. Um, if you want to hit up the M1 table and get any of the like they that that Godzilla '89 figure that I got, I think there were maybe three of them total. So like you had to be there really early in order to get those. So yes and no. It depends on kind of what your end game is, um, and you kind of had to know where to go because like when you walk in. I would recommend everybody hit up the M1 table because that's the stuff that everybody's kind of after because you can't get it any any cheaper anywhere else. They're selling it for what you would get it over in Japan minus, like, the middleman and minus the shipping and all that stuff. You know, they're selling their stuff for 60 or 70 bucks when a good price for those figures is probably, like, 100 So you can you can see how much money you save by being able to do that. So, like, it, it ultimately depends on what your, your end game is. If you're there for, you know, T-shirts or you're there for, like, Bandai stuff, like, you can probably wait. If you're there for some of the more high-end stuff, then it might be worth your time waiting in line. I did see people, like, waiting the second day, apparently, like, at 6 in the morning. Like, they were laying, camping outside for for, for uh, wristbands. Yeah, I saw some photos of that as well. That seems unnecessary. I mean, the second day, yeah, probably kind of is, because all the... Most people that had something in mind specifically, unless like it just wasn't set out already on a table, like probably gone. But one thing I will tell tell you too is like nobody bought anime stuff. The people they were buying Shin got like Shin Godzilla was king this year in terms of like like if we we were selling the anime plushie and the Shin Godzilla stuff. Shin Godzilla was selling like crazy. We had their, Sega makes a couple of different smaller Godzilla figures. They have both the anime Godzilla and they actually have two different variants on on um the final form shin godzilla and people would buy shin godzilla nobody would touch the anime stuff so that's kind of like that was a weird takeaway and then um i mean it was just it was crazy in there man like we sold a ton of stuff like it was i was amazed at how much merch that we went through across the table between the t-shirts and like uh, the NECA figures the ones that um, I mean, those things were flying off the table. So it was, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself being behind the table. I know I missed a lot of panels, but like the experience of being behind the table and just kind of interacting with people, and it was it was, for me anyway. That actually was fun. I'd rather go do stuff. <laughs> well, I think next year that's the plan. Like I I fully intend to bring to to bring my wife and uh have have landon to take it to his first g fest well we brought julia this year did that make you feel a little bit more confident in bringing him next year you know it did and plus like i i felt like i knew so many more people this year from going last year that like my wife would have had a lot more people to talk to yeah. And like people that I could have talked to were about anything else besides Godzilla at that point. Cause there's a certain point, like if you're, if you're a non fan, like, and you're with somebody who is a huge fan, you, like she already gets it for me at home. And then of course, like when you go to G fest, you're kind of surrounded by it, but it's nice for her. Like last year, um, she was hanging out with Dell and, and, you know, they, they could talk about other stuff besides Godzilla. So having that interaction now, I know so many people there that like, she would have a good mingling of people to talk about anything else. And, you know, the, the, the patio conversations were a lot of fun. I mean, it wasn't always Godzilla-centric. A lot of it was, but, like, we were just hanging out with friends, and I think that's what I enjoyed the most about G-Fest this year is just, you know, because I would met Satsuma and stuff already. So, for me, it was going and, and being able to see you guys and just BSing and hanging around. That's what I was surprised about is, like, the amount of conversations I had about Godzilla were the vast minority, which was strange. I didn't expect that. 
it was like, wow, I'm nerding out about music and other stuff I normally talk about with people. But the Godzilla conversation was kind of like 20% of what I think I talk to people about, which is just like, oh, I just had a good time. This is this is strange. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to meet like, you know, friends I never met before. Like we, we've been Facebook acquaintances for, you know, two or three years, but like got to hang out with my, my buddy, Justin and Steven and his wife, Miranda. And like, um, I mean, it was just meeting people for the first time. And then from there you just hang out and have conversations with, you know, bird hates those things apparently, but you know, hanging out with John LeMay and talking about just crazy stuff. And I, you know, it just, those are the things that make G Fest kind of special. And then when you do talk about Godzilla and you can have that kind of, camaraderie like it's just like being among your people so to speak and that that's honestly what i did like about it a lot. yeah and uh yeah i i i just spent a lot of time pressuring john to write an unmade hammer films book i hope he does it man <laughs> so, I, I didn't know that was a conversation so yeah, yeah john get on that <laughs> no everyone everyone was was super cool i mean yeah we we bs with a bunch of people every night and it's probably the most socializing i've done at a g-fest in a while actually Dude, you were that you were out there like super late i was impressed i retired well, I, more before you did though there was a a supernatural convention just down the street so you know matt's wife i think could have uh, <laughs> gone over to oh, that yeah, yeah. She, she loves that show man I, I i give my wife a lot of credit she has to put it with me at home and you know, my son is, is, he's all about Godzilla and he's all about toys. And so, I mean, she, you know, she's, she, it's like when she comes next year, she'll be fine. Yeah. You know, well with the kids, I mean, um, like uh, Julia spent all, all of her time playing with, uh, Christine Chapin's niece and yeah, they're like throwing the, each other in like the grass and rolling for hours. And it's yeah, like, like yeah. for hours. <laughs> you know, as long as yeah, they just need other kids to keep them company, and they'll leave you alone. I, I think my main concern with bringing Landon this year would have been—I I was really worried about his attention span, mm-hmm. and like, also I would have been more broke than what I am now because he would have been like, "I want to buy this," and it's just like. One of the most fulfilling things about being a parent is like being able to give that kid the thing that your child wants, but it's also one of those things where you can't keep doing that, or he, then he becomes incredibly like spoiled and manipulated. I mean, he about imploded when you showed him one toy, then you showed him another toy, then another toy. I mean, it was like, at what point is he just going to explode into like the small pieces from excitement? Yeah, Chris, because Chris came back, <laughs> we we carpooled up and back together, and then he 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 was here when I was giving Landon all of his stuff, so. Now he now he takes uh, Batcher with him everywhere he goes. Like he was, he stayed the night at my parents' house last night. Um, and uh, when they kept him, he was you know he took he took uh, the Batcher figures with him. So, um, I, Chris, I want to ask you a question because uh, this was your f- first G Fest in ten years, and I mean I've been going for the most part steadily, on and off like. And then Matt was there just last year. Kevin's been the last few years in a row. Um, compared to how, what was your takeaway for how it was this year compared to when you were there 10 years ago? I mean, it's kind of night and day, to be perfectly honest. Like, the entire experience was totally different for me. Probably because the last time I was there, it was like, yeah, uh, just everything went wrong. <laughs> I was sleeping on your floor with, with my girlfriend, who's now my fiance, uh, And, you know, 
we only we, we came there for Friday and Saturday. No one told us that Friday was kind of the quiet day. And Biolante, the the DVD didn't work, so we, that screening was a mess. <laughs> then we got in line to meet Nakajima, and our flight was leaving, and the line was three and a half miles long. So we barely, you know, we had to cut in line to to meet him. Thankfully, someone let us get in front of them so we could just get the autograph and rush to the airport. And then this year was like, I'm staying in the hotel for every single day. So just the experience was completely different. The crowd was a lot more varied. It wasn't just like 25 to 35 year old white dudes and above. Yes. Um, it was more, definitely more varied of a crowd. Uh, the vibe was definitely more like, it didn't feel as niche where it's like, this is this strange, obscure thing that only 10 people give a shit about. It felt more like, yeah, I'm into this, but I also like other things. So like I said, the, the it, it didn't feel as like awkward, mm-hmm. but a lot more like you could strike up a conversation with almost anybody and have, have a good time. Well, nerdy um, stuff in general now has a much more diverse fan base no matter what the property is and then also think about it like um think about how many kids go you know when they're really young and keep going into adulthood like a kid that went to that you're the one you were at in 08 that was like 10 is probably 20 now and he's probably bringing his girlfriend and a couple of friends and and stuff like that like so i i think that's why you you're starting to see that more yeah, I'm really excited to see where this goes because it's like now that these movies are actually known, people know what kaiju is. There's a term to describe these, you know, these movies, these creatures, whatever. So, like, I'm I'm really curious to see where this goes in the next five, ten years because te- the ten year difference of of when I first went and we met in person to now is like I wouldn't even know it's the same convention if it wasn't the same hotel, the same funky smell. <laughs> Attendance was, uh, I, I think, a, a record high, and it has been for the past several years. So, uh, I, I think, I think the between like 2014 Godzilla and you know Shin Godzilla, and I mean just other stuff, Skull Island, Pacific Rim, and you know Rampage. I mean, you're we're getting giant monster movies constantly in a mainstream capacity these days. So. Yeah, I think that that's at least probably partially to, uh, a factor in how much the attendance has grown. Because I, I feel like the last few years have been like the attendance has topped the previous year. We know next year is going to be completely nuts. Um, this is like the first year I haven't turned on the in-room uh, channel at all. I, see, I never really like watch something and unless maybe like it's i'm not really tired and i'm trying to go to bed like i'll maybe focus on something i just turn it on when i get there and i just leave it on in the background the entire time i'm there it's, yeah it's kind of comforting that's, yeah that's it a, really that's, is, a, that's yeah. what we did too it's like it was always on yeah um, it's generally what i would do also like sleep with it on and everything yeah yeah i just don't i just leave it on you know what's really sad because a, I have friends that live in Chicago. B, I just love Chicago, and I love the museums there, the aquarium. So I always try. I always take at least one extra day. So like Monday morning, 
like I'll have it on and like you can see whoever I don't know if it's Jeff Horn or whoever isn't was is in charge of the the in-house channel like you can see like the mouse like comes on the screen you can see it like closing out of everything and it's just so sad <laughs> and then and then like that whole day like it's like nothing even happened it's just like generic hotel again they they stopped selling uh, Godzilla burgers at the uh, the, the Caddyshack bar. <laughs> I uh, kept seeing that on Facebook. Is that was that an actual burger they had? It was. They had it posted on the when you the the second by like Saturday they actually had it as you walk in they had a big thing assigned for it right on the glass door. Yeah, they they're asking for a cease and desist from Toho. <laughs> <laughs> I will um, say like there's a sadness that sets in like like Sunday I was just like very sad and then you you know the next day you gotta leave and it's just like ugh. i think that hit when we were in indiana that was where the ugh hit me man yeah. fuck fucking indiana <laughs> that, that place is i live there i'm allowed to say that it's the worst sorry to anybody who listens to this that might live there now but like i just uh, hate that state so much yeah, I, I feel I feel the convention blues on Monday, and then like the day after when I'm coming back, it's like, oh well, that was all so so fast. Um, yeah, and then uh, reality sets, and you got to go to work. Does anyone? Have, I mean, is there anything else, uh, Matt? Do you have anything? Any stories or uh, comments that you had left? I mean, G Fest is always fun. Yeah. So we got to see an older, an old. Uh, well, not old, but a, a middle-aged woman um, come and uh, feel up John LeMay's bicep. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Which... That was the funniest thing ever, because, like, she's... As she comes over, like, she, she... We're just talking, and I notice she's, she's, like, getting closer and closer to him, and then suddenly her arm's on his back, and I'm like, okay, she's giving the back pat. That's not a big deal. She's squeezing his arm at that point. Like, she's feeling him up. <laughs> I was dying laughing afterwards. Well, he 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 is very swole, you know. Some people. I mean, he, 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 his his, in, his imprint is bicep books, so you know. It's, <laughs> you you got to make sure it's as advertised, right? Uh, it's okay. We love you, John. It's all right. No, I mean, and I I mean, uh, we haven't really said much, but um, a lot of listeners came and and talked to us. Once again, I had a lot of people just hear my voice and come and say hello. Uh, but yeah, we we met a lot of listeners, um, and uh, that's always cool. So thanks to everyone that went to our panel. Um, Gary Johnson, who does the he hosts the midnight movie screenings on Saturday night in the the AV room. Um, he gave us a poster and a a mug. Um, as a thank you for giving him a bunch of shirts to do as a giveaway. So that was cool. Shout out to Gary. Um, yeah, everyone was just super cool this year. We, it's like, we see all the, the Kaiju cast guys, like, you know, Kyle's doing their thing and we got, to, I got to talk to him for a little bit. And I mean, there, there's so many people, like, I feel like I'm forgetting a ton, Yeah. but like, thank you for listening yeah. to the show. Nick, uh, shout out to Nick Shev, who was yeah, man. kind Nick enough awesome. to, uh, uh, in his, at his artist alley table, he, uh, was kind enough to offer me a print um he just said like this is just for making cool free content <laughs> you know here um i i picked out the baragon one i got mechagodzilla see i almost got his uh it was either anguilus or baragon and i'm more of an anguilus guy but something about that baragon 
just uh, uh, hit the sweet spot for me. But but yeah, it was a good time, and um, yeah, I I hope uh, I run into a lot of the same people next year. I mean, I don't know what we'll be doing, but um, I do plan. I'm gonna drag you to another panel. It's gonna happen, Bird. And I'm sure Kevin will come at us again with uh, at least two panels, right? You, you seem to be yeah, good you do like two panels two. every year. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to think about what to do. Although I, uh, one of my friends that was uh, that was there with me was like, "Hey, hey, hey, Kaiju tabletop games." I'm like, "Oh, that's something I haven't thought about." So. Yeah. yeah, no, that we'll would see. be a good one. That that you're the you're the guy to do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, likewise, you know, everybody that, that came up and, and talked with me and was like, had nice things to say about what I've written either on the internet or now in print. Uh, I, I am also very grateful and uh, don't don't feel worthy. So <laughs> kudos. And uh, and I was I was very amused by by Matt Frank asking me where I, I got a copy of my own book. <laughs> I, I i had it out uh I, I i was actually i was writing um uh, i was uh because you asked for one bird so i i was uh was signing it to you and okay. matt walked up he's like man where'd you get that <laughs> well uh, uh, that's funny all right well chris how about you do you have any closing statements uh nope uh, i can't think of anything really i mean i'm gonna really definitely try to make it out next year i had plans to try to do some sort of musical thing this year but it just didn't didn't pan out so hopefully yeah. next year that would be nice don't know how or you know how i can make anything happen but i'm gonna do my best if not maybe i'll do a panel we'll see oh, yeah. there you go <laughs> all right well uh thank you for listening again uh Thank you for coming up and saying hello if you're one of those uh, those nice folks. And we'll see you next time. See ya.